Pushkin. You can find inspiring stories almost anywhere. For instance, check out the co-founders of Girls Who Do Interiors. This Miami-based design company was started by three friends when they were still in school. And right from the start, they turned to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards. And they handle them all in one place with the Chase mobile app. It's so important to have that kind of help when you're just starting out. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. member FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. Together with Delta, they're putting 5G into the hands of ground staff so they can better assist on-the-go travelers with real-time information. From the Delta Sky Club to the Jet Bridge, this is elevating customer experience. This is Delta with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Last spring, my friend Stephanie and I had a chance to travel to Rome as part of her research trip. And as usual when I travel, we stayed at an amazing Airbnb. It was the perfect spot to check out the sights and just relax. But what was happening to my house while I was away? Did you know that while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb? Most people don't think about their space as an Airbnb, but hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talk Easy a weekly podcast of long-form conversations with the people shaping our culture today. I'm Sam Fragoso. Thank you for being here. This week on the show, we have ace improver and the always funny actress, Lauren Lapkus. Now, before recording the intro to today's episode, I looked through our small but growing archive of past interviews. It's strange, but I noticed that a fair number of folks who've come on are from Chicago. I don't know if that's a regional coincidence or if we quasi-Midwesterners like to flock to each other, but the same is true for Lapkus, who was born in Evanston. Many probably recognize Lauren from her work on Orange is the New Black. On it, she played Susan Fisher, the young, sometimes lenient corrections officer who used to bag groceries. While Lauren has proven to be versatile in various universes, whether it's Jurassic World House of Lies, or a comedy bang-bang, Lapkus's bread and butter is improv comedy, which is something we dive into during our talk. Starting off as a UCB performer, Lapkus broke out while appearing on the Comedy Bang-Bang podcast hosted by Scott Ackerman. Her characters then, and still now, are dizzyingly entertaining. They're alive and original, eccentric by nature. All right, ho-ho, how do you like... Uh-huh. How are you voting? Uh, I want to vote for... Vote, vote! Vote, vote! Well, I'm already immortal, and I already live on Earth. Uh, so I choose that one, because I like my life. <laughs> All right! So, uh, the treehouse. Yeah. Do you live in a treehouse currently? No, I know you sleep on a dollar bill. In the North Pole, in Santa's vest. 
But yeah. that begs the question, does Santa live in a treehouse? Well, I'll never tell you. No. Hey, shut up. <laughs> her work impressed everyone at Earwolf so much that they even gave her her own show. It's called With Special Guest Lauren Lapkus. The idea is that each week, Lauren has some comedian or someone come on the show and host her podcast. In turn, she is, as the title promises, the special guest that she makes up on the spot. An improvised character week after week. Ackerman understood early on what many folks are understanding now, and that is watching or hearing Lapkus figure out a character in the moment, as all great improvers do, is one of the great delights of modern comedy. We recorded this conversation, coincidentally, on the day her WTF episode with Mark Maron was released. For those who listened to that, I promise that what follows is a bit different. We discuss a wide variety of topics, including the wrath of online bullying, the evolution of our aspirations and how scary that can be, and why not making it on SNL may be the best thing for Lauren and her emerging career. But first, I try to figure out how someone could create such original characters out of thin air so consistently. So, finally, here is Lauren Lapkus. I was trying to think about why you have so many characters and like so many really great characters. I have this theory, and you can say, like, Sam, this is a ridiculous theory. You don't know me at all. That's fine. But are you, are you just a particularly observant person? Yeah, I do think I am. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely... Um, so I'm not completely off. No, that's a pretty good guess. I okay. think that maybe is better than what I would say about why I have <laughs> But I do love looking at people, and I love... I can't help but notice little things about people, and I definitely did that all the time growing up. My mom would, like, have me do impressions of... Mm-hmm. different people like celebrities or people in our family and it was like really easy for me what did you notice about me um oh god this is like, that's a, <laughs> i refuse i don't know how to answer I, that i wish, I wish there was a physical <laughs> shot of the thing you just did with the <laughs> shot to the stomach right there. yeah but. i don't know i've never had to answer that question to anybody before so i don't think i'm going to okay that's, fair. <laughs> that's, that's a good answer that's a fair answer so you were always observant as a child yeah yeah and your parents were like yeah, it was just something like I was kind of funny and like would do those things. And I think it just became something that I or it just naturally was something that I a skill that I had from like, is it is it a day? To, do you, is it even something you're conscious of on a day to day basis? No, I, I only notice it like if I imitate someone and someone else is like, oh, that was just like them. And I realize like, oh, people can't do that as easily. Like, that's like a skill that right. I can easily kind of do. But yeah. Right. Why do you think you pick up on all this like nuances of people? I just find it really fascinating. I think it's so interesting. I was just saying yesterday that I like I was sitting and watching people enter like a cafe and I was thinking like, it's so crazy that human beings can look all these different ways. Like everything can be a person. <laughs> like it's just weird. And so it's fun to look at people and notice what's special about them. You're saying they look different or like the way they act entering a cafe is like different from other people? Just everything. Like just the way, just, even just people, the way they look though, that someone can be mm. tall or really short or like, you know, all these different things. And then that's fascinating that, you know, like that's not really that true of that many different mammals. Like, yeah. We can look so different from one to the next. I wonder if it's not true of other animal, mammals or we just think we're more special. Probably. Because I was thinking like, well, cats can all look really different. But they kind of don't, they don't go that far. It's not going to be like a teeny cat and a giant cat. Right. I mean, you know. It's, but isn't it in part because they don't talk to us? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't get to know them really well. If animals started <laughs> talking to us, I feel we would be like, oh man, that's like an, that's a mean animal. Yeah. That's a nice <laughs> animal. That's an asshole. Them. That's true. Uh, so take me to Evanston. Like, what's happening in Evanston? Because I grew up in part near the Midway Airport over there okay, on the yeah. south side, and then in the suburbs like Burr Ridge, Cook County, oh, cool. nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, Evanston's nice. It is nice. It's a really great it's like town. It's a beautiful place. Yeah, anytime I go home, I really realize how lucky I was to have yeah. grown up there. It's so special. Do you feel like you could live there? Um, I wish that I could. I wish that I could have a family there. I think it would be so nice, mm-hmm. but um, I don't think it's for me at this point because it's, it's just impossible to do work. That's my, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. I always think I'll be 50 and yeah. then... And then happy enough with my life that i can go back and live there <laughs> you forever? probably won't be i won't be happy enough i mean like you'll probably still want to keep working and stuff <laughs> don't you think like i feel like creative people wouldn't you can't just like turn off your desire to like keep working no i like the idea that you've met me for four minutes and that you're like you know what i don't think you're gonna be <laughs> 50 is just not that old i guess maybe how old are you um do you want to guess yeah i'm gonna guess you're 26 21 Oh, okay. So you're really young. Yeah. So and when you're, you're 30. Yeah. So actually, I know, I don't think 21 and 30 are that different, but 30 is older. And I would, like, when I think of 50, I'm like, that's not that far. Like yeah. to 20, I would say, like, when I was 20 or like 19, I'd be like, that person's like 30. And I'd be like, they're like old. Like you just kind of like write it off. So 50 sounds like way old. I hope you're not you- going to be done at 50. <laughs> okay. I hope you know that. I don't think you're old. Well, I don't really care either way. I'm not like someone who's really concerned with that. But like, I still, I still think like 50 sounded way old when I was 20, and like, mm. it's not going to feel that old to you. I think that in terms of ages, it seems like 19 is way different than 20. Yeah, and 20 feels different than 21. So I don't know. Like, when does that stop? I'm like asking you for advice. Here. I don't know. I feel like it doesn't really stop. Does 28 I- feel way different than 29? 28, 29, no. I think, yeah, I guess at that point it's a little different. But then once you're in your 30s, there's like a whole new level of like... What's that like? Yeah, I, that's a little weird because I'm, I'm just 30 now. So like I'm just starting to understand that a little more. But I have friends who are like 35 and they're like, I'm 40. Like it just you kind of just start rounding up. Hmm. So I don't know. I hope that I don't do that because I don't really think of age that way. But How do you think of age? I'm not too I'm not too concerned with getting old or like feeling like I'm done or something. Like I I don't want to jump to the next mm-hmm. round off number, you know what I mean? Like I just want to just be <laughs> what I am and enjoy it. So as a kid, were you that way? Like you enjoyed being a kid and you were No, I wasn't. Actually, that's kind of interesting because I was really obsessed with growing up. I really wanted to be an adult. Oh like, yeah, that's I, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. So you were 7 and like, god, I just want to be a teenager. Oh yeah, I wanted to be you like You were a teenager like, can I just be an adult? Yes. Heck always did you feel that way at all yeah 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 for sure yeah like around 14 i was like i can be 21 now yeah now i'm like can i just go live in new york or do whatever i want i wasn't mature enough though just in my head no oh no me neither grander though like you just think oh yeah yeah you feel and you feel like sick of your surroundings like i got really sick of high school by the end i was like i just want to go to college and just be done so it's hard i think that's a hard part of growing up though because you also aren't in control of most of your life so once you are, you don't want to speed it up. Right. Yeah. What was high school? Good? Bad? I liked high school. I didn't really have like a bad experience. I was like into theater and um, would do sketch, like the sketch show at UCB at my high school, not UCB. Um, but UCB and Evanston. Yeah, no. But um, yeah, I did like, you know, 
comedy shows and stuff and I was on an improv team and I started doing improv when I was a senior in high school like at IO and stuff in Chicago so that's when I kind of got into what I'm doing now so high school is not terrible. no no I didn't mind it I but I but by the end I just was like desperate to ready to leave yeah were your parents ready for you to go um not necessarily I but I didn't go far I just went to DePaul in Chicago so right, they could is, still stalk me <laughs> it's like a 20 minute drive yeah it's right? very close but it felt very different because I was in the city and like mm. That experience made me feel like I was far away. Were you living on campus? My freshman year, I lived on campus. Oh, okay. Wow. That's a good deal. Yeah. I mean, I hated that because I had to share a room with a stranger and then, you know, what what is up with it? You just don't like people here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like that kind of thing where you're forced to like be around someone for a long time. Like we just had to share. We shared like a tiny room Yeah. and we didn't know each other and we weren't. Like she wasn't, there was nothing wrong with her. We just weren't, like we didn't click right away. And so at that point, like you're, you're kind of screwed. I would never wish that on anyone. I think it's so unfair. Like it's such a way to shove, it's a horrible way to shove someone into the world. Like you just have to go room with a stranger. Well, I think people in in high school, they'd be like, this is the real world now. You're going out to college and then you show up to college day one. You're like, ah, the real world sucks. I mean, I feel like I had, I knew people at the time who like roamed with their friend and I was like, they're not pushing themselves enough. Like that's, you shouldn't just stay with your high school friend and like move with them. And then by the end of it, I was like, I wish I was living with my friend. Like this sucks. Really? Okay. So that's how you were. You thought, you thought, oh, I need to push myself. Yeah. I I do think I want, I just wanted to be an adult. I wanted to like be in that world, but. I did not like having to just be up in somebody's grill all right. the time. It's, it's um, all shit did you show. go to college? I did two years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and, then and I you left. just got sick of it. And then I, yeah, I left. <laughs> <laughs> did your parents care about that? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Like, for yeah, sure. I felt like I had to like go to school. See, yeah, and my dad got. I think he got a master's. No, I think I know he got a master's from DePaul. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. My and, mom went to DePaul too, so yeah. My dad's like a, a teacher. Whole... I mean, they cared about me finishing college. Yeah. But what are they going to do? Well, right. They like they contested it, yeah, and then they agreed because I wanted to. I wanted to leave. Yeah, I wanted to sit in the middle of the Cine Family Theater and just <laughs> do this podcast. It is dark in here. It is. It's a movie theater. I mean, yeah, not a movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're in this dorm with this person. How quickly did you say? Did you ever like express or articulate your frustration with the living situation? No, I just acted like it was basically fine. I don't. I just don't think I talked that much. I think we kind of didn't talk that much. We just had very different social lives because I I was still doing improv, so I I basically stayed in Chicago to keep doing IO classes and everything. And so I had like a life with those friends that I had made that year, the past year, and I would go out with them all the time or go do shows or classes or whatever and so i wasn't really on campus that much and she had moved to chicago from another state and so for her it was more like exciting to like you know meet other college friends and like go around chicago and like i just didn't care about that you know she probably wanted you she probably wanted you to be a friend (laughs) maybe i don't know i don't know do you remember i think she yeah but i'm not gonna say it but i think i do think she thought i was weird like i don't know that well, you're for sure weird. Right. So yeah, yeah. I don't know that I would like make, I don't know that she wanted to be my friend. I think she found me like strange. Like she came to an improv show once and I remember just being like, <laughs> you probably just think it's the weirdest thing you've ever, like that I'm doing this. It must just be so strange. And she said, yeah. I mean, I didn't ask her that. We just didn't communicate well. Like oh it was like, we God. just didn't get past like the most surface level of like anything. I wonder if you guys not clicking helped you get out more. Like it propel- oh yeah, it probably. You. I was extremely busy my freshman year. I like did so many different shows and things where I actually got really 
like I got to a point where I was like sobbing about how I was so busy and like it was too much. And, you like, were I, sobbing? Yeah. <laughs> I remember having like a big breakdown because I was like doing basically like I had like shows like four or five nights a week and right. I was like doing another. It was just like I piled on so many things and, like with rehearsals for those improv teams or whatever. And well, you're 18 here. Yeah. Yeah. I was 19. Yeah. What, so what does a breakdown for you look like? It was just like I just reached a point where I was like crying a lot. I felt really depressed. I didn't want to go do any of the stuff, especially because I was doing a show at Second City at that time, like at the Skybox, which is like this kind of I know what it is, offshoot. Yeah. yeah. yeah and I, um, the people I was working with were really a lot of them were really rude to me. Like I know them a lot of them now and they're nice now, but um, at the time they really wrote me off as being like a kid and like mm-hmm. they were probably like 25. I don't know. And I was like 19. And you were they 19. Just, yeah. And they were just like, some of them were outwardly rude to me and some of them just were really dismissive where they thought that I wasn't like going to be able to like do whatever they needed in their dumb show. Like it was just like, <laughs> I, but, it, but that really drove me to like craziness because can, can we just I, go over that one sentence? <laughs> They thought I was going to be dismissive of their dumb show. <laughs> <laughs> and they thought I wouldn't be able to do what they needed in their dumb show. Okay. I, I was dismissive of But at the time, I was like, I was so excited to be in the show because I had never done a yeah. show there. And I was 19, and that's and so cool. That, yeah, it's amazing. But they really thought they were better than me, and they really treated me like that. And so it was just like, it was it, that sucked. And that's part of what led me to like freak out because I didn't want to go there. I felt like unliked. You know, It was just bad. Feeling unliked and going somewhere where you feel unliked is... It's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah, and right? having to it's show up and like perform with these people where you feel like they don't like you. It's like I'm not going to put myself out there. It just sucks. Right. So, is like the roommate? Did you not confront them? I never did, and they. I mean, they were older, so I was intimidated by them. And like, I they had this show, which I mean, at the time meant something to me, but it was probably like midnight on a Tuesday or something. It's like not a thing, but like in my yeah. world, it was like so important, of it and was. so. Um, but yeah, I, I'd love to say something to some of them now, but the, the, some of the ones that I've seen since then have been so nice and they were never like, not all of them were rude. It was like two guys and I just didn't, they were just shitty. But I feel like you couldn't say anything to them now because look how well you're doing. Well, yeah, maybe it would just be like, I'd be an asshole, but there's a a part of me that'd be like, you know, you really treated me badly. Like I had a hard time working with you. You were really rude. (laughs) I'm impressed that at 19 and you're facing that you seem to like, you continued onward though. Yeah, I really was. I never really quit in term like when it came to like improv and acting stuff. I quit basically everything else I ever did in my life. But you like, quit everything else. <laughs> what else did you quit? I mean, I tried everything growing up. I mean, I played clarinet for a few years. I was horrible at that. I never practiced. I was in choir. I did tap, ballet, uh, swimming lessons. I never really learned how to swim very well. I have like a lot of like a list of things that I just like quit very quickly. But just because ice skating, you didn't want to do it, or you I just feel like if I wasn't good right away, I would get really frustrated and not want to do it, and and yeah. then that was it. So. You know, that's a, a crazy philosophy, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I wasn't good at improv right away, but I liked you it enough. With it. Yeah. Were you bad at nineteen? Um, no, I think I was a good improviser at nineteen. I when I I, th- I think when I started my classes, I was like really nervous, and everyone was older, so I felt like just that they would be more interesting than me or something, and. I was nervous to perform with them and I'd never done anything like that, like put myself out there and taken a class. So I was, I was nervous, but I think I, I had enough like natural, like talent in terms of like being funny and whatever that like it could carry me through and like make it so I didn't, I wasn't the worst person in the class and then you have enough confidence to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Natural talent's interesting. Yeah. Cause you can't pinpoint it really. Yeah. Yeah. Cause is anyone in your family particularly funny? 
My family is, I would say I have a funny family. They're not like performers, but my brother's really, really funny. And my mom and my mom is very funny too. She's more like silly. And my dad is, my dad is funny, but I don't really want to say that because I think he'll be too excited about it. Because <laughs> we usually are like, you're not funny. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fascinated by what, because you're talking about how you had a very like comfortable childhood. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't, you, you didn't, and you felt like you needed to challenge yourself leaving high school. Yeah, I th- people, I feel like they would have two different responses to that. They would either have yours, or just complacency. Yeah, and you took the much harder route. Yeah, uh, yeah, which I'm thankful for. But I think I do kind of think that has to do with being a creative person. I think that people, when you have like a desire to make something in some on some level, it's hard to stop yourself, and you want to push yourself to. Did your friends? understand that like did you articulate that to them like that's you needed to work harder or you needed to challenge um, yourself put yourself out there i think they got it they i had friends who were um artistic in different ways and they were doing the same thing like my, my best friend from childhood is a painter and she was pursuing that hard and so like they understood what i was doing mm-hmm. no one was like offended by it or something no, I like, felt like left out. Or do you offend people often? No, I just mean like I didn't like push people out of my life. Or anything. No, I, just I like, understand. Yeah, that. <laughs> but I just don't see also on a side note offending people. Yeah, I think I can. Af- I could probably offend people um, with my comedy at, at times. I guess like at least I mean I have some characters that are really offensive, but I don't. Which ones are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, let's go. I, let's go through. Okay, them. I would say. Um, Ho-Ho the Naughty Elf is offensive. I just swear a lot as a lot of my characters and Pamela from Big Bear are, are very offensive. Um, <laughs> Ho-Ho the Naughty Elf. Yeah. This Can is you a- do that for people who don't know what that is? Um, sure. Um, <laughs> um, it's, it's so funny to like just turn it on because it's like I don't typically do that. But Ho-Ho, yeah, fuck yourself. Suck my dick. <laughs> 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 the thing is, I've heard it before, <laughs> but I just wanted to see that. That was really it, for my it, own it, amusement, to be honest. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, it it yeah. does go on and off. It seems pretty easy for you. It reminds yeah. me of, did you ever see uh, that actor studio with Kevin Spacey? Oh, I don't know if I ever saw that. He does a bunch of impressions. Really? And he, they're just like, oh, so you were good in this movie. By the way, can you do some you know, some impressions? Yeah. And he does Jack Lemmon. He does like Al Pacino. He goes through all. Oh of these wow, that's awesome! Just on, and I feel like you can you do that pretty well. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. Like when someone asks you to like do a voice, like I feel like I have a, I have to like ramp up to it in my head or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's yeah, I, I can jump into it because I I mean I don't know. I probably, probably partly because I created all of the characters, so it's yeah. like it's just there. Yeah. No, it's it's impressive. Thank uh, you. But. Why would that offend people? Um, I think, well, I, it, the positive thing is that most of the reaction is positive. I don't feel like I get a lot of people being like, that was very offensive to me. I think they know what they're signing up for when they listen to Comedy Bang Bang or whatever. Like, they're going to get, especially from me at a certain point, you understand what you're going to get. But, like, um, I just imagine that people might be offended because I could say some horrible stuff. Some but. people may take Christmas a little more seriously. Yeah, they should. They really should. <laughs> should be afraid. I never have been offended by that and i i wonder are you as like, you always hear this in comedy that we're too easily offended now like yeah. we're living in this chris rock has that whole spiel about ah i can't do college 
kids anymore because they get offended by everything. Yeah, I think that's true. You buy that? I think people are a lot more easily offended at this point in time. I think partly it's because everyone has the ability to like write to whoever they want online and just like say their opinion. And so you're hearing from a lot of people you probably wouldn't hear from. And so we're getting a lot of like feedback on like, that's not, that's not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. And that sucks. Like, I think that's one of the worst parts of Twitter is that anyone can just reach out to you at any point. Like I don't, I, that's also the best part because I like to get, you know, people's feedback on my show. If they're like, that was so funny. I had, I had a great day. Of course. But who wants mean shit? Like I actually was watching an, uh, episode of Chelsea, Chelsea Handler's talk show on Netflix, and she had Jane Lynch on. Mm-hmm. And the first thing Jane Lynch said when she came out was like, I just got a really mean comment on Twitter, and I'm not going to be able to let it go for a few days. Like, this person was like, when are they right. going to stop shoving Jane Lynch down our throats? And she was like, I feel bad. Like, I, that hurts my feelings. And I liked hearing that she felt that way because I really get offended by tweets and rude comments, but I don't want to care. But it's so hard to forget when someone says something rude to you. Like, and I want my dream would be for someone to come up to me on the street and fucking say it. The fact is, no one ever will. All these people are so they're so (laughs) hiding behind their shit. If that person met you, this is like true for like anyone insulting any celebrity. If they saw them, they would want to take a photo with them. They're not going to tell them they don't like their movie, they don't like their whatever. It's like that's just (laughs) what it is. Like you, they're too afraid. Everyone's hiding behind their egg pictures. I hate it. It's really bad. You good? Yeah, I'm really I'm sweating. <laughs> you want water? No, I'm fine. I like that. That was that was angry. Yeah, I am. It actually really does piss me off because I think it's such a lame thing. Like I would never write anything mean online that I couldn't back up in person. I've never written. I don't think I've ever written a mean comment online. And even mm. like with tweeting, like I I'm very careful. I'm careful not to tweet something offensive about a famous person or any. I mean any person, right. but like. Because it's just hurtful. Because people hurtful. see it. Like, it's just mean. I also think you're in a position where that could hurt your career. Oh, Yo, yeah. And people do now get ruined totally for tweeting something right. like well, that. Well, because I've written, I write, I still do write film reviews. Uh huh. And sometimes I don't like the movie. But right. I'm comfortable writing a negative film review because I'm I'm spending hours writing it. Yeah. Like, I'm not just haphazardly throwing 140 characters Totally. Just shitting yeah. on something. Yeah. I have my reasons for it. And it doesn't mean like I don't like them as a person. Right. And, and that's I, fair. Like I think that's that's totally a different category. But I'm also probably too confrontational because I've had filmmakers talk to me and I'm like, I'm down. I'm yeah. down to talk for two hours because we're gonna come to like an understanding with each other. And I love that. Yeah, and I, no, I think that's beneficial for them too, to be able to like yeah, go back and forth with you and get your opinion. And they can be like, Well, I didn't like I thought the sentence was poorly written. I'm like, Yeah. Okay, you're right. That's, <laughs> that's fair. fair there, yeah. should, there should be equal give and take, I think. Yeah. But the Twitter stuff, I try to avoid. I don't have even 1% of the negativity people probably sure. throw at you because you're just. I mean, more people follow. I mean, yeah, more there's more care. opportunity for people to want to say something. I can't imagine that. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, and I, I think there are p- other comedians who get a lot more negative stuff, I'm sure, than I do. But like, I. I, all it takes is like one every like few weeks for me to feel like bad. Like I'll f- not forget. So that's horrible. Give me something that they said. Oh, I mean, people comment on my looks or comment on. I mean, the what people, do they say about your looks? I'm not going to tell you what they say about my looks. I don't need you to think about it. But like, <laughs> the people will, people write negative stuff about people all the time online. They'll insult them. I mean, they, and people just, you know, write about something that I did and say they didn't like it or whatever. But like, in a way that's not constructive there's a I just huge feel difference. like they can't say something bad about you being funny or your looks i don't buy that thank you but that's not the case <laughs> yeah, i know and that's, yeah, that's bothersome i know like, well that it, it's it's crazy because they say like you're tall right 
You're but I tall. think that there are things that people will write, and I'm sure other people can relate to this. I hope that like people will insult you on something you never considered about yourself. And they're like, that, oh, yes. now I have this as a thing that I should be self-conscious about, which I never God, thought of. That's exactly yeah. it. And then you do you like sit around, because I do this, I consider it. Yeah. I like seriously can. No. Wait, wait, are they right? Yeah. Oh, am I a complete doofus? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, sometimes I can definitely take it really personally and feel like, oh, yeah, I guess that I'm gross in that way or whatever thing is said about me. And then like, then a few days later, I'm like, I don't believe that. Like, I have self-confidence. And yeah. so, like, it's – and I'm okay, also okay with not being a perfect person. Like, I don't need to look – like, I don't want to get plastic surgery. I don't want to change how I look. Uh, I like that I have a unique look. But I – when someone catches you when you're feeling, like, weak, you can be like, right. oh, I'm gross. I'm ugly or whatever and feel bad. So That wasn't really around, though, when you were – no, like, I'm so thankful. Don't you think that – I mean, you're younger. So did you have Twitter yeah. in high school? I did. Yeah. Oh, that's but, crazy. But I didn't use, you know, I'm, I use it pretty sparingly yeah. and I don't put personal stuff on there. Yeah. Like, I think I wrote one time that I was drinking and I was like, you know what? Probably I, not. I think I made a like a idea. weed reference once <laughs> and I'm happy to do that on the podcast because I feel like I can talk about yeah. it. Yeah. I, I don't mind being forthright, but on Twitter it doesn't, I don't like the snapshot. I don't, no, I, don't I agree. I don't like the, how ephemeral it is and then. How people like it, it sticks in your mind. Yeah, I um, have never posted anything really about like drinking or smoking or anything like that. Like, anything that I might do in my personal life, I feel weird posting like even just like a Snapchat of like smoking weed or something. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't want to give the impression. Also, because there are a lot of people that are younger following and like it's kind of a weird world where like I would, I feel a little bit responsible on some level, even though like, like I just, I usually don't swear on my Twitter. I don't, I, right, but I, right. but then there's a part of me that's like, why? Like sometimes it's funnier to say fuck it's, and a joke and like, but I'm like not doing it. Okay. I found one. This says you were born in an actual dumpster. That is not true. It was an aluminum garbage can. <laughs> oh, oh, it says your first album went platinum, but that's not true. You're right. Leave it. Well, this one says you made a sex tape with Count Chocula. That is false. It was the Hamburglar. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. this can't be right. It says you're falling for me. Oh my god. Well, hey, over here says your real name is Barnabas Where do these characters come from? And I don't mean that in like, what inspired you to do? No, I don't care about that. Like, yeah. Just, Let's go specifically with, um, do you watch The Bachelorette? Yeah. Yeah. I figured that. Yeah. I, I love, all, I love reality shows. All right, um, walk me through The Bachelorette because I've watched it pretty infrequently. And, I mean, um, good for you. It's incredible. Well, so here's, here's a weird thing. I've never said this to like anyone, mm-hmm. but I'll just tell you this. My mom and I at like age eight or nine, I remember like Monday nights we'd watch The Bachelor. Oh, nice. And I just remember all the roses. And yeah, watched, I don't know if there was The Bachelor right back. There then. was, there was. was it's there? been on for a while. Okay, because I watched it, I think, in high school. Okay, so yeah, for sure, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, it's it was it's the best. It's like I love it. It's the worst best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And like I got to go on this talk show like, after The Bachelor. They had like this short lived like four episode thing last season <laughs> where you could they'd have like funny people come on and like talk about the show, and then like people from the show would come on. 
um, which was like a dream come true because it was hilarious to be a part of the Bachelor universe. But um, it's yeah, I mean, it's like the worst show ever. <laughs> I can't it's, stop watching it's it. It's the worst, but I can't stop. I feel like they it. know that. Like I think everyone. I mean, like the people involved. I think earn. I think for the most part, they earnestly want love, but. My big problem with it is that I want there to be a bachelor or bachelorette that's completely unknown so that the people are coming in getting to know them, not like having seen them on the previous season and coming in with their Oh, they reuse people now? Yeah, so it's every season is someone who f- basically got very close to winning on the last season oh, but didn't. Can, how are they going to be back on there? But that's the thing is that like people, it keeps the fans and like I get why they do it, but like because uh-huh. people are like familiar with them and then the people who want to date them like feel like they know them a little bit. But it oh, seems like geez. you'd find a more like the the relationships that started in the earlier seasons before they were doing that lasted longer. Like some people are still married. From did the you beginning. ever watch Flavor Flav? I did. Yeah, I watched that. <laughs> Flavor I, of Love. You know, it, this is embarrassing, but I was Flavor Flav for Halloween. Wow, once. that is embarrassing. Yeah. I, think. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had the clock around my. That's that's that. that. Yeah, I for sure shouldn't. It's that probably up. not a good. Just like you don't know, have any pictures of it. We, have, we definitely have photos. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I I wonder about our interest in that show. Yeah, I mean, I think with reality TV, I love so much. I love Real Housewives and all those shows, and I watch them. I think a lot because it requires very little thought. I can really zone out. I I think when I watch like comedies now or like other things that with like acting. I mean, they're I think they're acting on those shows too. But like, oh, they're for with sure scripts, acting. and then, you know, I feel like I'm kind of thinking about acting and thinking about like the way it was shot and things that like I wish I could turn off but I feel like are just kind of there once you start doing stuff is there um, also part of you in watching that and thinking oh I could be in that oh you like in like TV shows yeah, yeah. yeah like you'll kind of be like oh I, that's a great role or like things like that or like oh I wish I or like roles that I did audition for you'll see on the show and then that's mm. you can't really suspend the disbelief at all because you like were there do you think we <laughs> like The Bachelor because or The Bachelor because we like people we like watching people fail i think a lot of it is that like there's those are the best moments of the show <laughs> i mean when you see someone oh. well because that's the only time where you see them feeling genuine feelings or you can be sure that they're genuine more than other times when someone says they like they're falling for someone you can be like oh i don't know that i don't know if i believe that he really thinks that about her then you see them crying because like she rejected them and you're like oh i think he might actually have really cared about her i love the fact that you've worked out the emotional weight (laughs) <laughs> of these characters, like these people that you're seeing on screen, like you know, I don't know if they're really into that. Each oh, other. oh, the whole—that's the all it is—is is like judging whether or not they're really in love with each other. Who and were like, you rooting for? I don't know. Does that mean? Well, it was there? JoJo's JoJo this past season. I yeah. was not rooting for anyone because I couldn't tell the guys apart. There were like three guys at the end, <laughs> and I every time they came on screen, I named the wrong person. I was like, oh, there's Jordan, and it was Chase, or like whatever. It was just like I could that? not keep track of them. Do you watch The Bachelorette? Yeah, because when I watch that, I find that they. A lot of the women look alike. And they, oh, and yeah. They, and they act similarly. And that, that's bothersome. That's, and that's just true for the men and women, depending on whose season it is. But, like, they're, they kind of pull from this very specific type of person. And that's the part that fucks me up, too, because I'm like, if it was – like, if I were on The Bachelorette, I would not be attracted to any of the men that they have in their general pool. I'm like, these are all disgusting people. Are they all, like – they're all just like they work out constantly they're like they go get self-tanner they like they're it's just not the type of person i think is attractive i thought people stopped doing the self-tanner thing it doesn't look like they stopped i mean like (laughs) or they're laying in the sun which i also think is gross like you're stupid so i do have a problem with that i feel like if and everyone has to have a six-pack literally they all have a six-pack so i'm like 
What if she fell in love with someone who doesn't have a six pack? Oh, but no. she, this is impossible in this world. In this world, she has to fall in love with someone with a six pack. But I think that's so unrealistic. That it's like, don't you want to have a variety of people with different body types, different, like, maybe she's attracted to a certain kind of guy, but like, do they have to be perfectly fit? Everything about them, like, well manicured? Like, it's just weird. Yeah. Every woman who's on the show is attracted to that kind of guy. I don't believe that. No, but. That's what people believe is attractive. Right. Like it seems to be the universal acceptance of... But it's so lame because it's like, then why do you think none of those relationships work out? Because they're all based on superficial shit. But Lauren, it's on TV. <laughs> they're making money off doing this show. I mean, I know. Can you... It's not like... Uh, you you can be on that show. Well, if... Actually, if you no. were on that show... I would watch it. Right. Well, that would be actually interesting because I'd have real conversations, try to learn about the person. No. They don't learn anything no about the... No way you would have real conversations. Really? Yeah. You know what you would do? Characters. You would oh, do, God. You would, do, you would do bits on top you, of bits on top of that bits. Is n- well, maybe some bits. I feel like I was going to say I would not do characters, but I hopefully would be on with some funny people where you want to do bits with them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you're going to find like good rapport with... There's not like, with those guys yeah. if you had people that oh, so I would you actually, get sl- right because no, no, no. they they'd but be picking even, people you, for me yeah but even the drafting pool that you can pick from like they the, the producers are still picking them the producers are picking them and it's also people who want to be on the show which automatically makes them undateable yeah <laughs> that's, that's it okay so yeah basically if you, also, I can't if, you're, do it. if you're on that show it's not like you would you think you would find love no I think I would be really sad that I was kissing people and my parents were watching it at home like that would just be so <laughs> gross <laughs> So weird. Is that the biggest fear? Your parents watching you kiss? I just think that's like so disgusting. Like when I watch, it's not, it's whatever in real life, but like when I see it on the show, I'm like, they're saying like sexual stuff to these people. They're like flirting with them really overtly. (laughs) Then they start like making out. Then they have like the fantasy suite near the end where you know they have sex. Like everyone, all your family is watching the show where you're like, they just had sex. What is that called? The the fantasy suite, (laughs) which I mean, it's horrible. I mean, it would just be so gross. Are they all having sex on that show? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. That seems like an okay time. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, you, they can't have sex until they reach the final point and they pick three people that they can have sex with, basically. Oh, really? Like, oh, but that's bullshit. You know that there's there's some... They might hook up, but it's it's really insane. Every time the cameras basically catch someone like seeing the Bachelor, Bachelor like out of turn, it's like a huge deal. So oh, like, I it? don't think that they really are hooking oh, up really? off camera. It's very rare. One season, there was a guy who came into the girls' room and they had sex, and it was like the cameras figured it out. Oh, they yeah. caught him mid. They didn't caught him having sex, but they the next day, basically, they knew that he came to the room. Then they left the room. They didn't know what they couldn't stay in there, oh. but they knew that he was breaking the law, like the rule of the show. The law. I know it's not a law. And then <laughs> they broke the law of the bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, so it's just really huge. And she didn't pick him in the end because she oh. already had him. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of theories about the show. I love I love all the theories. Yeah. Um, you find comfort in like these characters. Yeah. And I heard I like I said I was listening to Marin today. Yeah. And um something I thought was interesting that he didn't that you guys didn't connect. And this is again, I could be totally wrong. Yeah. But you're talking about how you watch sitcoms a lot. Yeah. I do too. Like I've been rewatching Parks and Rec lately like I, it's I, something i fall asleep to yeah do you do that no i don't fall asleep to tv do you, but, turn, do you turn it off yeah i well yeah i don't have a tv in my room which i feel like oh. is yeah or do you watch the computer regardless i don't do that i turn it off before that's I go to good sleep. yeah that's healthy yeah well i do it sometimes I, i'm trying to like read before i go to bed now me too it's much better for it's your brain good, right yeah because then you get naturally tired because like yeah. reading takes and it's not like a screen and it's not a screen now, yeah. yeah i read something at the 
Yeah, who cares? I just read this too. There was yeah, like 30 but, minutes of like 30, no screen before time. Before you go into bed. It, it makes a difference actually. The first night I did it, I felt like very different from it. Really? Because mm-hmm. you know how I felt? I did it last not last night, the night before. I was up last night watching your video. So <laughs> I blame you for like my Sorry mediocre sleep. <laughs> I had bad sleep that first night. Yeah. I like I woke up in the middle of it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, keep trying, thing. I guess. Yeah, uh, It's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be good. Um, but I watch these sitcoms because I find them extremely comforting. And I like the routine and familiarity of it. Yeah. And it seemed like you like doing that too. Yeah, definitely. And then you were talking about how in grade school, like all you would eat was peanut butter sandwiches yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. I think the two are connected. Yeah, that makes sense. Like you, uh, there's something about, it's a weird, it's contradictory because your characters are not comfortable at all. Yeah. Like they go to places that I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> Lawrence, like, this is nuts. Like you're, she's crazy. This is amazing. And really, especially the stuff, I don't want to get on tangent, but the stuff with, um, on Comedy Bang Bang, where you're the detective. Oh, yeah, Kid Detectives with Thomas Middleditch. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's really disturbing. It's, it's so <laughs> disturbing. It's the best. Uh, but it's a weird parallel because those are out in left field, and yet it seems these other things in your life, you don't, you didn't like being adventurous in food. Yeah. You watch these shows that are like, make, create a comfortable environment. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Yeah, I think that I do tend to like certain comforts in my life and like some predictability. Um, but one of the things that I love about improvising and especially doing characters where you can do them like on Comedy Bang Bang for like a long period of time and kind of get involved with the characters in a more like on a deeper level. I love it because I'm able to tap into like a part of my brain that like you're not really allowed to use every day. Like you're not allowed to like say anything you want to anyone mm. all the time. So, and I don't, I definitely am like a polite person or like I'll get into like little confrontations, which is like a relatively new thing. Um, but I'm really happy about that. Uh, I like being able to like say what I want to somebody or like say that someone's rude or like yeah. talk back, but I don't do it that much, but you've done it on this podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Not to me. Like, you just, you got mad about the Twitter thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've given me back. It's good. Yeah. I, I yeah. like that. Okay, and cool. And also, it seemed your brain, like, there was a light bulb when you did the elf. Yeah, thing. yeah. You yeah, like, got I everything really, out that you wanted to. Yeah, it's really fun. And, like, I will sometimes, like, you know, especially going on tour, we'll be on stage in front of these crowds. And, like, part of doing it with the crowd is that you, I mean, you get the response you typically don't get doing a podcast. And it's really fun. Um, but I'll leave and be like, I don't know what I just said for the past hour. It's almost like being in another, like in a hypnotic state or something, which is, I just think is so great. It feels like a a very therapeutic thing. Did you see Don't Think Twice? I haven't seen it yet. Well, there's a good line that I think Kate Micucci's character says, like, the beauty of improv is that it's like a moment. And the moment's gone almost before it even, like, begins. Yeah. I think I may have butchered it. Um, But I was thinking, yeah, you say a lot of stuff. Yeah. And you probably don't think about what that... Like, do you think about like what you said? No, I can't remember most of what I said. And also, like, I'll realize in the moment that I'll say something that is funnier than I even intended. Like, It's like some back part of the brain that like is yeah. able to connect things better than I think I can. Where like, I'll make some sort of joke and then realize, like, oh, that's actually a triple-level joke, but I didn't really think that or whatever. So it's kind of fun to just let it go. I think if you think too hard, anytime that I'm like in my head... Right. During a show, like it's horrible, so you really can't. So it needs to be purely instinctual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at a certain point, like after you learn how to do it, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you find it's like the most pure form of who you are? 
Um, probably. I think that when I know someone and like if I meet someone and they don't know that side of me, like basically like I'm talking about like through work, like through acting or something. If they don't know that part of me, they really don't get me at all, I think, because it's I can be friends with someone, but if I know that they'll never hear or understand that, I feel like they really don't. They're missing out on a huge portion of my personality because I'm not really like that in conversation. Like, I'm not going to be that insane or, like, go off and, like, do some, like, goofy character, like, that much in conversation, especially with someone who's not a comedian. Like, it's just not going to come out. Mm -hmm. So I have these friendships that I do feel like are a little more superficial because they just don't know. Like, I'm like, they – that's – my my brain is so much weirder than you are probably giving me credit for, and maybe you don't want to know that. So it's oh, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, how do you feel about having those superficial relationships? I don't love that. I mean, I think that like there's something nice about it. Like I I I have met so many wonderful people, and that's cool. But I the people I really want to hang out with are the people that know me more. Mm-hmm. You know, or even like or just even comedians like i think even if they don't necessarily know what i do it's easier to be loose and be yourself in conversation with someone who also does it are you a sociable person yeah i am yeah i really i love to be home i love to like do nothing that's like my dream is when someone's like let's not hang out after all i'm like great (laughs) so (laughs) when plans are canceled i love when things are canceled but i not with like my my very close friends but like you know if i'm having a, a, a lunch with like someone i like no but like we don't hang out that much mm-hmm. if they're like can we reschedule i'm usually like great like yeah. it's not like i'm not like i don't want to see you but like i love the idea of like getting to have more free time by myself right. and also it's the thing where you're not canceling right so you so, get like an extra bonus so, point so it's like you're not in the wrong here yeah i know that you too. really can just like relax into it and not feel bad <laughs> yeah it's the best i love being at home but yeah so that is that la in a nutshell for you yeah, I mean, I think people cancel plans all the time. So if you're trying to be social here, it can be hard because people flake all the time. And it's really – it is more like that here than maybe anywhere else that I've lived. Mm. Um, Do you think because people are more flaky here? I think people – maybe – I don't know. I don't know if I would say across the board people are more flaky. But I think that, like, there's kind of a culture of, like, make plans and cancel them, like, all the time. Like, I don't know. It just feels like what it is. Huh. Um, it's not like that in Chicago. No, no, it's not. And, like, that's I lived in New York a, for a bit, and I didn't experience that there either. Maybe a Midwestern... Yeah, like, the kind of feeling of, like, we made the plan, let's do it. Right. Yeah. Do you think it's because people care less about people here? Maybe. I mean, there's probably something to be said about people being more self-involved and, like, focused on their mm. whatever plan they have. But, um, I don't know, did you move here with anyone, or did you move here alone? I moved here alone. Yeah, that's hard. Because, yeah. I mean, you're then you have to kind of force yourself to go out and do things. And, yeah. And, like, I kind of mentioned that you were coming from San Francisco, that, like, that's a bustling city and you take public transportation or right. whatever. And, like, you're automatically around people even if you're not interacting directly with people. So that is weird here. Like, anytime I go for a walk, I feel very, like, weird. Like, why am I on the street? Like, <laughs> why, it's, am I, why am I walking? Like, no one's around. It yeah. does feel strange. It is strange. Yeah. Do you feel... You're talking about self-involvement. Do you think you're more self-involved since moving here? Um, hmm. I don't know. I'd like to think I'm not, but I think that like this career involves a certain, like expects a certain level mm-hmm. of self-involvement because you have to like you constantly got, yeah. be creating your own opportunities. So and putting yourself out there. Yeah. And and then very nature of putting yourself out there is like, hey, I'm, I'm worth listening I, to. I'm worth, <laughs> I'm worth especially uh, the amount of like stuff you're putting out yeah it's i have to imagine that you're confident enough or happy enough with what you're putting out that you want to continue doing it yeah i mean 
yeah and like with doing podcasts and stuff i do yeah. feel like um you know so much of why i think my podcast is funny is because of the people that i have on so i'm like very thankful that i have a lot of funny friends in my life and like people from the community who are great so i will often be excited about an episode just based on what they did so it's easy it is easier to feel like it's not just like my own thing that i'm putting out like i'm you know you get to kind of like showcase someone else and get especially like avid podcast listeners get to learn about new improvisers that they might not have heard on a podcast yet so that's really fun for me um but yeah, I I think I would like to say I make an effort to not be self-involved. I have close friendships where we talk about each other and we're not, you know, it's not all just like <laughs> my shit, blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have a lot of shit? Um, no. I mean, like, you know, I think everyone has their day-to-day. I wouldn't say I have like a exorbitant amount of shit, mm-hmm. but I think I have like my own, you know, worries and problems that I'm dealing with every day, just like anyone else where like you want to vent to someone, but you don't want to like only vent and never get back from the person. Yeah. I ask that because uh, when I talk to comedians often, and I have a lot of you know, comedian friends, mm-hmm. I think you even mentioned this on Marin, there seems to be that recurring narrative that they fall into of like, I, I started because I was like angry and depressed or like I have yeah. all this stuff. And there does seem to be, like it goes hand in hand, comedy and depression. Yeah. Although they're like antithetical feelings. Right. They go hand in hand often. It's very true. I think I'm thankful that that's not something that I suffer from, um, at least not on like a real clinical level. Um, you don't suffer from depression? No. But I, and I didn't have like a rough childhood. I think that was something that Mark was disappointed by. Um, but he, he, he did seem agitated. He, he likes it if you have a bad childhood or something to dig into. I unfortunately don't. I, um, but I'm glad. He said to that to you? No, 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 no. I just, that's what I've inferred from listening to his show a ton. Yeah. And I was kind of expecting him to be bored by the fact that I don't have anything insane yeah. for my childhood. You, um, you wanted to do SNL. Yeah. And you tried out for it. Yeah. And you, you also, you asked me, did I move here with anyone? And I, I think you asked it because you moved here with your ex-husband, right? Yeah. My, he was my boyfriend. Yeah. And we yeah. were like long distance. So I was thinking on the ride over, like SNL, well, first, before I get there, why don't you talk about like... Just for people who didn't listen to the Marin episode, yeah. how that panned, like what you did, how that panned out, yeah. how it even happened. Um, I always wanted that growing up. It was kind of like the one thing that I could look to as like what I could do. Yeah. It, it took me until I was like an adult to really understand that like it could, you, being a comedic actor, you can do so many different types of things. It's not just that. But of course, that was always a dream. And I think anyone who does improv or sketch, like that's your, that would be an amazing goal. Mm. Was there someone um, in an older cast? That like you, oh man, I like her. Like I gotta do that. Oh yeah, I was obsessed with Chris Farley and Adam Sandler, and like that was like. Also, why did I say her immediately? Well, yeah, I really it wasn't a woman actually. I don't think yeah. women are funny. No, that's, <laughs> my, that's that's completely. I think that's like subtle sexism on oh, my yeah, part. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, thank you, Lauren. <laughs> um, but I <laughs> see. I told you, you're being more confrontational. I love it. It's great. I'm really, I really. You're mean breaking it. out of your shit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was in like, you know, fourth grade, I think around the time when like Chris Farley and Adam Sandler and David Spade were all on the show and they were like my favorite people. So I definitely, and I mean, I watched my whole life after, so there were tons of people that I admired on the show. Um, but yeah, I eventually had an opportunity. It was, um, I did a showcase at UCB. They basically will every, I don't know if it's every year, but whenever SNL is looking to hire, they'll do a showcase where they show um, a handful of comedians to some people who come and watch and from SNL. And, like, you get five minutes to do characters or right. three to five minutes and um, or, like, bits or whatever you're going to do. And so I got that opportunity and I did that showcase at UCB. And then they 
SNL flew me to New York to perform the same material at the Pitt Theater, and Lauren was there. Can you tell me about the plane ride? Like how nervous was I? Yeah. I was so nervous. Did you, have, um, like, did you have a window seat? Did you have, do you remember this at I all? I don't remember where I sat, but I remember being extremely nervous. And I mean, I had all my idiot props, my bag and stuff. And <laughs> I just like, I felt very, um, every time, every moment in my hotel that I was like, was downtime, I was working Ooh. on it over and over again because you don't want to be like chilling and then you mess it up because no. you didn't practice. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. I think also practicing too much can be bad. So I, I don't know if I did it too much or I didn't. I love the idea of you pacing around in your hotel room. Someone's like, we got to do cleaning. We got to clean. And you're like, no, I'm in the middle of a character. Fuck Wearing off. like a fucking witch hat. But yeah, I think that like, I, um, it's interesting to look back on. Well, and then, so I did that showcase and Lauren was there and, and then they flew me out again to test on this, on stage at 30 rock. And, right. um, that's the one I was really nervous for. The first one I, I wasn't freaking out as much. You but, did really well with the live audience, right? Yeah. And that for me is, that's always easier for me. I think, um, well, I guess it's, it's instant validation. Yeah. And it makes you calmer. Like, it's just like hearing laughs. I can like ease it's, into something yeah. and yeah. I remember I, I had, so I recently stopped doing this job where I was like programming a theater in San Francisco mm-hmm. and I was forced to do intros all the time. Not forced. I, I, I like doing them. Yeah. But I remember I'd always like within the first 15 seconds I had to put a joke because I felt like I couldn't. I, my job was to like the Roxy Theater is a nonprofit based in San sure, Francisco. Sure. You have to do this kind of like, like, you know, if you can donate, it can help us continue onward. Blah, 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 blah. Twitter's terrible. And like, <laughs> I would try to put a joke in there. It was usually better than that. Yeah. And the moment you got a laugh, or I, I got a laugh, I was like, oh, thank God. Right. They, they I, they I hate that They don't, they don't think I'm wasting thing. their time. Like, I don't, totally. They don't think I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> they may, but like, at they least don't they just think write I'm a you funny off completely. Yeah. 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 So you so, did well. Like, you, people laughed at Yeah, that went well, and I got uh, the audition to go back again, and like, that was great. I had to do some different, they wanted me to like, do some different stuff than what they'd seen. It was impressions, and right? Some impressions, yeah, and I don't usually do impressions, so that was not as fun for me. And then also like, I look back on it as, it's such an interesting time to me because I got to do, I achieved my dream of getting to audition and be on stage and like, that was so amazing. It was actually very validating to just be there. To even I, be in the conversation. Yeah, this I don't, was what, 2012? This was, yeah, I want to say, 2012 okay and like january it was very early in the year and i like um had just been on a sitcom on nbc at the time that was like we were kind of on hold waiting to see if we'd get a second season this and is the chelsea handler thing. Yeah, yeah are you there chelsea and so was that I, a good show by the way i never watched that um people would probably say no it got 12 episodes <laughs> i mean like i really i loved doing it it was so yeah. great i but you never that, watched it i watched it yeah oh, you watched it? i mean of course i watch everything i do though oh but yeah you're the opposite of most people. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I feel like I learn a lot when I see myself. But, like, I uh, I love doing that because it was my first big job. I mean, it was I got on a sitcom, like, pretty early into being in L.A., and so that was huge for me. Um, but I think what was weird was that I was getting this SNL opportunity kind of, like, after I felt like, oh, I'm already on a path to, like, getting more mm-hmm. TV work. Um, I don't know if I want to move to New York and and, like, you know – do this job that I know is also like one of the most painful, hard jobs in the world. Like, I don't know. And it Um, doesn't pay as well as that other job. Yeah, definitely not. So, um, ultimately, I mean, I, that wasn't even an option for me to turn down. I didn't get it, but I look back at it and it's so interesting because I also like, I didn't have established characters at that time. I really had, I was just doing like bits and like, 
kind of just making up characters for the audition. I didn't have like this well of characters that I have now. It would be entirely different for me to audition now. Like mm-hmm. I actually have distinct characters that have games to them. Like it would I I don't think my audition was like killer. Like I would never want to watch it. So mm-hmm. it's that's what's kind of like funny about it to me now is I'm like, "Oh yeah, like and it, in a sense I thought that I was like past it in some on some level and then I look back and I'm like, but I also like wasn't ready for it." Mm-hmm. So it's a really specific weird place to be in do you want to try out now no i don't want to do it now i um because I, they, they like didn't taryn kill him and jay Farrell, they're not doing it now they they're leaving now after six years i read online but like i um i'll tell you one of the first things i thought was like oh lauren can do this oh that's nice yeah i don't know i think that i i mean like there's a part of me that would like still think that was really cool and like it's awesome to get to be on that show like i look at any of my friends who've ever gotten and i'm like that's amazing like to say you were on it is so fucking cool Mm, but Um, you feel like you're past it i don't know that i i think personally i don't think i'm like above it as like a person or performer yeah 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 Yeah. um i just feel like oh i like my life how it is and like i i like working on shows and stuff and like i'd like to do my own thing mm-hmm. so it's that that's all it seems i'd love to like host it that's my actual dream now is to host, to host it? it yeah, yeah. Like, that would just be amazing you were talking about how the things you wanted they're kind of temporary yeah they're not forever and you moved here in like your plan like you moved here with your husband and like your poor boyfriend soon to be husband yeah and like that was that probably helped moving right like that you had yeah there's like then, a stable kind yeah, of home base you had that home base and then the, the goal, end goal was like, I want to be on SNL. I want to do yeah. this. And now. Well, it's really like I want to be on TV. But the time I moved, I was more, that was more the idea was like, I just want to be an actor and comedian. Mm-hmm. And I, SNL, when I first moved, it was probably still like a thing that I was really interested in. But by the time I was like, even just doing commercials and TV, any TV work, right. it, it kind of fills that need. So you learn. Sure. yeah. But all those original, like, it's all different now. Yeah, it's so crazy. I think that's something that I could have benefited from someone kind of explaining to me at an earlier age that like you're, it's okay for your dreams to change. I think I felt a lot of personal guilt about SNL when I was auditioning and because there was a, I was torn. I was like, do I really want it? Because I, I want to like do this other stuff and I already have been doing this other stuff. But then there's like the ego part of you that's like, I want to get it because I always said I wanted this. Right. And that's so not, the point you know like i think that like you have to allow yourself to change and allow yourself to let your goals move and like you know as you do more things you learn what you care about and you learn what's important to you and what you like doing and what makes you happy and i don't know that that would be what makes me happy i think i probably would have broken under the pressure there on some level like it would have made me feel insane you think so like i don't know staying up until 4 a.m and writing sleeping in an office and writing a sketch and like all that stuff it's like that's I like to go to bed and I like to like to have my alone time. I like to not be like running myself ragged. Right. I don't like to feel like I'm constantly being judged by my peers or like that they don't think I'm good enough or I'm not in with the cool writer and so I don't have the right hookup and I'm not going to be able to do it. You know, like I won't get on this episode. Right. So it's like that stuff would, would mess with me. And I know that it messes with so many people who are on the show. Not I'm not saying present people. I'm saying like in the history of it. Mm. So like I don't know if that's right for my personality. And I didn't know any of that when I was in fourth grade and thought I want to be on SNL. Right. I didn't know what it would take or what kind of lifestyle it requires or anything like that. So it's okay to change it. But it takes an emotional toll on you when the things you thought you wanted, you not only do you not get them, you don't even want them anymore. Right. 
And then I, I, I cried about it for sure. Like it was uh, like, but it's such a confusing cry because it's it like, I didn't get it, but I don't want to get it, but I want them to tell me I'm good enough. But, and yeah. I, I said, I always wanted this. And like everyone in the, my life basically sees that as the one success story. You know what I mean? Like, I think people who don't know anything about improv and sketch think that like, oh, you're not on SNL. So like you didn't do it. Like, or like, you know what I mean? And right. it's like, that's okay. There's a million ways to be able to do this and, and to feel successful and validated by it. See, and that's precisely what I was thinking. Like, what is now the thing for you? Yeah, I think for What's me... Because the, the SNL is the clear pinnacle for anyone, you know, like for my parents, if I work at the New York Times with the New Yorker, and they're like, ah, oh, yeah. Right, you did it. You did it. Yeah, but you can still be doing all these other amazing things that people are excited about, and they're like, we don't get what that is, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I have to explain. But again, they're not like, you know, they're not from the dark ages. No, they're like, not they, dismissive they're, of that. They're not dismissive, yeah. and, I'm, and they're wildly supportive. Yeah, no, that's great. But it is still like, I think, and my family too, I think they understand why I would or wouldn't want to get it. Mm-hmm. But it also involves a lot of explanation. Like, I think I had to walk them through, like, all of that, right. all of the emotions related to it. Um, I think for me now, I would love to be like the star of a sitcom or to have my own show. So those are the things that like are my big goals. Are your goals. Yeah. 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 Do you think that'll make you happy? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to rely too much on outward things to feel that way. Cause I've definitely been burned that way before. I think like, you know, getting too attached to the idea of money or like whatever, like that would mean uh, then I'd have like this house or I'd have this right. thing or whatever. Like. Anytime I've let myself do that, I feel it's always disappointing. really disappointed. It's so, always yeah. profoundly disappointing. Definitely. So it's kind of better to just be like, you know what? I feel better when I read before bed and I go <laughs> on walks or I do this or that. Like whatever like in your life that you can control right. to make you happy on the inside is so much. I mean, that sounds like a little cheesy, but it's just so true. Like I think I've had to learn that over and over again and I'm still learning that. I don't think I'm totally done with that. I don't think you ever stop learning about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, hey. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. It was, was really fun. This was fun. This yeah. was good. Thank you. Well, there it is. A special thanks to the Cine family in Los Angeles for letting us record this episode of the show in their theater. Do be sure to check out the Cine family, which is arguably the most fascinating art house in Los Angeles or otherwise, at www.cinefamily.org. I'd also like to thank Brooke Pobjoy for helping arrange this special interview. You can stream Lauren's episode on the characters, which you absolutely should, on Netflix now. Her podcast with special guest Lauren Lapkus releases a new episode pretty much every week on Earwolf. It's a must listen. And if you're in LA, do be sure to swing by the UCB Theater, where you can see her perform with a few different groups. Lastly, a big thanks to Lauren for coming on to talk. If you've enjoyed this or any episode of the podcast, it would mean a lot if you could give us a review on iTunes. I know it's not the world's most exciting activity, but it does truly help us reach new listeners. And new listeners help us continue creating this show. So, you can subscribe to Talk Easy on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting app. If you want to drop us a line about anything, feel free to email the show at talkeasypod at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TalkEasyPod. As always, our theme music is provided by Vanilla. Our executive producer is David Chen. Graphics by Ian Jones. Illustrations by Krishna. Social media by Maria Mayella. 
The show is produced and edited by Corey Atad. I'm your host, Sam Fragoso. Thank you for listening to Talk Easy. I'll see you next week. Medal of Honor podcast is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. It's a special thing to be a member of Navy Federal because they're a member-owned, not-for-profit credit union that invests in their members with amazing rates and low fees. That's why members earn and save more every year. If you are active duty, a veteran, or have a family member who is a veteran or service member, you're eligible for membership. Become a Navy Federal member today. Navy Federal Credit Union, members are the mission, insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored among some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.